listening to the Sincerely Podcast. I'm Sid. And I'm Beth. And today we were discussing your sincere opinions of Dominicana by Angie Cruz. Woo! Yes. Uh, this book is different than all the other books that we have. Yes, no. the one other one that we've done at this point. <laughs> okay. No, no, this is the th- this will be the third one. Oh, right. The third episode. Okay, well, you're right. That was a little dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this one is a lot different than the other two books that we've done yes yeah yes it is a literary fiction mm-hmm. i'm very excited to discuss yeah. it before we do uh what we have a couple fun questions yes so <laughs> since we are drinking a red wine today yeah what is your favorite wine my favorite type of wine uh-huh yeah. oh no okay i'm just gonna Go through this. So my favorite red wine, top one to three, uh, is going to be a Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, and then a Pinot Noir. Okay. My top two white wines are Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Grigio. And then my favorite type of rosé blend is Grenache. Thank okay, you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I was, I was looking for an answer. I was like, why are you mad? <laughs> okay, so, you can't ask me that question. I don't know. I don't know how else to do it. Okay, my favorite type of wine. I, I prefer red over white. That's great. I, I seem to really like cats. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite over-the-counter red wine mm-hmm. is the Freak Show Cabernet. Yeah. It's really tasty to me. Uh, that's, it's pretty good. You brought yeah. it to like two book clubs. It's been really good. I don't, when I like something, I like something. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge white wine person. I'm really not. But I do like champagne. Yeah. 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 But as long as it's dry, I don't like sweet. I think that's why I don't like white wine. Yeah. No, no, no. That makes sense completely. This book is very family oriented. So what is your favorite family memory, Beth? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, they all happen around the holidays. Yeah. Um, my favorite family memory. You know, I'm going to say it's my favorite family memory is from the holidays. It was when I was a young girl. Every Christmas, we would reenact the nativity scene with my siblings. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And so my dad would read the you know Christmas story. And then I think I would be like Mary and Joseph. My mm-hmm. sister would always get to play the angels. Um, and then my brother would be the shepherds <laughs> and my other brother would be the wise man. Wise man. Wise man. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it was all, that's probably my favorite just because we were all together. Yeah. This morning. That's really sweet. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite family memory? I guess mine is also holiday oriented around Christmas, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. It's kind of gone back and forth my whole family comes together and we make uh manicotti and lasagna and like my mom home makes the ricotta cheese and then my dad and I stuff all the manicotti and make the lasagna and my sisters help with like dessert and grating cheese (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah it's a it's and a lot of cheese is involved a lot mm-hmm. of cheeses involved. I think that may be why it's one of my favorite family so, memories. That sounds amazing. <laughs> You'll have to bring your homemade and cotty by sometime. Yeah. 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 Me Thanks. and Stan are going to make it this year. Okay. We'll save me. Like, I'll, I'll bring you guys some. Leave me one little. I don't care about Zach. But give me. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Zach. But I don't care if he gets in. So you can right. just bring me one little man. Yeah. Yeah. I can bring you. It's fine. Well, it's that's fine. such a cool memory. Yeah. It's super fun. Okay, so Angie Cruz is the author of Dominicana, and she was actually born in Washington Heights, New York City, which is kind of where the book is based. She was born in 1972, and she is of Dominican descent. And I, it's ascent. <laughs> descent. Uh, and it's really, it's really cool because this book is actually based, loosely based on the story of her mother, like her mother's immigration story, mm-hmm. which, you know, made it more real as you read it. Right. And she's actually, she's currently a professor at the University of Pittsburgh, which is a really, really good school. Yeah. So that's super impressive. Like good for just, her. Yes. <laughs> Like, She's wow. very smart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is also the founder and editor-in-chief of Asterix, which is a literary and arts journal. Oh. Um, and 
she's an associate of English at the University of Pitt. I didn't say what she did. At the oh, okay. Of Pitt. Yeah, but I mean, that makes sense since she's a writer. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Oh, oh I do. I did find this online, mm-hmm. and I do want to say it because it's really cool. Mm-hmm. So um, the Girly Book Club, I never heard of them until now. Yeah. Um, but they interviewed Angie Cruz. Um, and they asked where the inspiration for her latest release. And as I already said, it's like her mother's story, but she, I really like what she said. And this is like a quote from the book club. Like the main character in the book, my mother was married off with the hope that the marriage would facilitate visas to the United States for the whole family. But what drove the writing of the book was my urgency to tell the stories of these unsung heroes in my community who have made huge sacrifices for the good of their children and families. I wanted to portray their resilience, their creativity, and their tenacity. And I think she did a good job. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah. Oh, I, that's so sweet. That's so nice. But today, uh, we are drinking some wine. Ooh, okay. So this is the Big Six. It is bourbon barrel, aged three months, red wine blend from California. The vintage is 2015. Oh, shit. And the alcohol content is 15.1%. Beth, are you trying to get me hammered? That's ridiculously high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, we, have, we both <laughs> need it. We both had really long weekends. We did, so yeah. The past two weekends, so we need this. Very cool. So on the back of the bottle, it says in the early 1920s, Mickey, big six Doyle, was the fastest outlaw runner in all of Bourbon County, <laughs> Kentucky. The sound of his souped up six cylinder engine ripped through the sober night air. <laughs> the hooligans knew Doyle would be making deliveries to all the underground hotspots and speakeasies, but the suits could never catch up to thanks to Big Six and his rip-roaring shenanigans. Okay, well, that is a very interesting wine label. Yeah. Most wine labels just say it's very interesting. hints of oak. Yes, it is. I think it's hints of bourbon barrels. <laughs> <laughs> um, but cool, okay. Yeah, I mean, awesome. I like it. I'm it no, it. it's pretty good so far. I like it a lot. I mean, I Love a good red blend. We really see that about every wine we drink. Just no. in general. No. Well, so far, so, podcast. so far the podcast, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> that's but. right, because you did tell me that last weekend you had bad wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was I like guess. a weird white wine, but yeah. whatever. Um, Beth, okay. do you want to do the honor of reading the description of the book? Yes. Okay, this is, on, <laughs> this is on the book cover, so it's not me yeah. just pulling one out of my butt. Okay, so 15-year-old Anna Kension never dreamed of moving to America the way the girl she grew up with in the Dominican countryside did. But when Juan Ruiz proposes and promises to take her to New York City, she must say yes. It doesn't matter that he is twice her age and that there is no love between them. Their marriage is an opportunity for her entire close-knit family to eventually great. So on New Year's Day, 1965, Anna leaves behind everything she knows and becomes Anna Ruiz, a wife confined to a cold sixth floor walk up in Washington Heights. Lonely and miserable, Anna hatches a reckless plan to escape. (laughs) But at the bus terminal, ooh, terminal. (laughs) Uh, My bad, sorry. But at the bus terminal, she is stopped by Cesar, Juan's free-spirited younger brother, who convinces her to stay. Hmm. Mm. Sorry, okay, I'll stop some things. Okay, as the Dominican Republic swides into political turmoil, Juan returns to protect his family's assets, leaving Cesar to take care of Anna. Suddenly, Anna is free to take English lessons at the local church. Lie on the beach at Coney Island, dance with Cesar at the Audubon Ballroom, and imagine the possibility of a different kind of life in America. When Ron returns, Anna must decide once again between her heart and her duty to her family. No. Poor girl. It's such a good book, though. Yeah, that's a lot of responsibility for a 15-year-old, though. Just It's too much responsibility. Yeah. First of all, I know we're about to, we're getting into it anyway. Juan is so old. Like the first 
chapter like that you read yeah it's talking about how Anna's 11 and I think Juan is 10 15 years older yeah he's 15 years older yes 15 years older and he's like 26 serenading her and he's like forcing himself on her pretty much right obviously it's stopped by the dad and the mom well the mom laughs it off the dad stops it like right shotgun at him and (laughs) it's just so gross it is gross um, so during the book, the Dominican Civil War is going on, and Juan goes back to the Dominican Republic to protect their assets. So <laughs> the war is said to have gone on between April 24th, 1965 and September 3rd, 1965. But even during that time period, when Juan is gone, like he says, like they say the war is over, but it's not like it's still going on here. Mm-hmm. So who knows really how long it, it went on. And so it started, I guess, with civilian and military supporters of former President Juan Bosch overthrowing acting president Cabral. And yeah, yeah. anyway, so it ended up with the United States coming in and intervening. But yeah, no. So and, I mean, the Civil War is a very big arc in the book. So it definitely I'm is. I'm glad you talked about that. So yeah, let's go back to like how or why this relationship started, because Anna and her family, like, they live out on a big piece of land near the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little greenhouse. Yes. And so they're out there. And the Ruiz brothers, Juan, Cesar, and... Well, the older one. one he's, like, in the book for a second. It's, like, Romero. Yeah, he's Romero. something, but he's old and married. And he doesn't really have a point in the book except to advise his brother to right. marry. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then Hector Ruiz... And Cesar and Juan. So Hector, Mm -hmm. Cesar, and Juan, they're all in New York. But no, so it starts out and they're coming over and serenading them. And so Anna's mom knows the whole time, and so does Anna's dad, that what they really want is their land to build off of that and to Mm -hmm. own that and to have it because the land has been in their mom's family forever. Yeah, so... The land has value potential. Right. But, you know, Anna's family is very poor. Very poor. They all, like, live, you know, there's, like, four of them in one bedroom. They all, you know, it's a special occasion to, like, Mm -hmm. even leave the town to go to the capital. Like, so they're just in this situation. And so Anna's mom knows that she has the upper hand in this situation, that if they want to marry Anna or Teresa or any of them, Mm -hmm. that they're going to take her girls to America and eventually bring everyone over to America. And so that kind of like, I feel like the plan starts hatching like when Anna's like 11. So, or even younger. So this plan has been going for a long time, a really long time. And so Anna's mom finally is like, you need to marry one. <laughs> you need to marry one. And one at this point is like 30 something years old. And Anna's like in fact, 15. This slimy, balding, Older man. Older man. Hitting on a 15-year-old girl. Hitting on a 15-year-old girl. Who's like 90 pounds. They even make a note of that. No, because she's like poor. She's, she can't eat. Yeah, she's... She's a poor little girl. And then she has her first kiss before she gets betrothed <laughs> right. to ride. With Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. And then I don't know what's up with Gabriel because he's like a 15, 16-year-old boy. Right. And he, he doesn't care. But I guess maybe he's a good person. I don't know. He doesn't make a move on her. Yes. Well, I mean, she tells him, like, hey, I'm going to be going to get married. Like, he's not going to, like, ruin that chance for her and her family. I mean, it's still a really big opportunity to go to New York. So before um, Anna, you know, is married off, she... uh, Fan on. She is, uh, you know upset because she wants to say goodbye to all of her friends before she leaves to go to New York. And so she ends up yeah. meeting up with Gabrielle and they end up, you know, making out and seeing each other naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're swimming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they don't do anything else. And then she goes home and gets ready. And this dress that her mom gets specially made for her. Isn't it like a bright color? It's like a bright pink dress because it's like communion weekend. And so everybody is like getting the white the white dresses already. And so her wedding dress is like bright pink with lace 
and she gets ready to go meet Juan for what she thinks is about to be her wedding and like fabulous. And it's, he takes her away. Yeah. So he, he picks her up late. Yeah. First of all, he doesn't give a crap. No, he doesn't really care for her. He just wants their land. Um, picks her up late and takes her to his restaurant. Yeah. Uh, again, in like, uh, it's, like a, it's, a, it's like, it's a, like a shack. It's a dive bar. Pretty yeah. Much, yeah. It sounds like. But even worse. Like yes. it's like, it's, it's a shack. And so, and I'm sure that's like at that time, that was what was nice. And like, you know, everybody's no, very she impressed. Was, even she wasn't impressed. Well, she wasn't impressed, but like everybody in the town was impressed because the Ruiz brothers had a restaurant, you know? And so yeah. even maybe just because of their poverty, like they were, you know, excited that they had a restaurant, but in reality, the restaurant was literally like a shack. That was what it was. And so they, she takes him there and then literally like in a booth, some guy comes up, they sign a piece of paper, they fake her age, they change her name and that's it. That's her wedding. And like, I'm sorry, but any 15 year old girl in whatever walks of life, like they have a idea of what their marriage or wedding is going to be like. And I think that was like her first realization, like this is not going to be. That's not even legal. Right. That's pretty yeah. much falsified paperwork, and they're not actually married. Right. But that had to be, like, I think like the first point in time when she realized, like, this is not going to be the fabulous life that everybody had, no. you know, had planned up for me. Yeah. And I think and that was just, like, the beginning of the downhill. The, yeah. And then <laughs> after I read that, it was us. Uh, it pissed me off. Right. And then it gets worse. You know, they go to the hotel for their wedding night. Yeah. I don't want to go into it, but he pretty much, he, he rapes her. Right. Because she's not, not, she's not ready. And no, she's not. against her consent. Yeah. It's, she, she did not give her consent. And he's just gross. He like tries to sing to her like afterwards too. And like make her feel better. And she just doesn't want any of it. Of course not. Yeah. Which I don't know who would, but so it's, it's just disturbing. And they finally end up going to New York. And mm-hmm. once they get to New York, that's when Anna kind of meets the rest of his brothers, Hector mm-hmm. and Juan. And or no, Cesar. Yeah. Juan, so she's married. I do want to say, so when Anna first comes to America, yeah. Juan buys her a ceramic doll at the airport. It yeah. becomes her Dominicana doll. Right. And it, it's, it has a huge part of the story. Yes, yeah. Um, and it's where she hides all her money. Yeah, exactly. All her secrets. So <laughs> the book, the book. This is a line from the book talking about the doll. Mm-hmm. She wears a blue dress and a yellow sash around her waist. My sweet hollow Dominicana will keep all of my secrets. She has no eyes, no lips, no mouth. What does that doll represent in the novel, specifically about Anna's relationship with Juan? She's not supposed to talk. Yeah. She's not supposed to learn, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No eyes, no what else, no mouth. Well, I mean, she, she can't speak up for herself. Right. She's not allowed to see that he's having an affair. Right. And I know that just gave away, but whatever. Oh, no mouth in the sense that she, she can't even choose what she wants to eat. She has to eat specific food. Right, yeah. Like, he takes her and he's like, you can have Chef Boyardee. That's mm-hmm. it. And then I think it's really And she's supposed to cook for him every fucking day. I know. Like she cooks him like a it's, full ass meal well, it's and it's like abuse. Right. It's just it's disgusting. Abuse. Like And then the front of the novel is Dominicana doll, pretty much. It's Anna without eyes, without a face, and without a mouth. So yeah. without yeah, and so this pretty much made they made her as a Dominicana doll on the cover of the book. Oh wow. And which I recognize that. Yeah. You know, staring at the window, not being able to yell for help, pretty much. Right. Because she can't speak English. Yeah. You know, you know, not being able to, I don't know, just have a life. Right. Mm. But anyway, that's it's all. Disgusting. And I know, as you mentioned, is where she keeps all her money. Yeah. So she yeah. keeps all of her secrets there. All mm-hmm. of her money goes there that she's supposed to send to her family. Whenever she, like, upcharges. So, like, she start one, lets her sell suits or mm-hmm. makes her sell suits from their apartment yeah. and she like charges extra to some people and she keeps that money to send back to her family because Juan is not sending her family any money. Yeah. And like at the beginning of the book, they send Anna this very timid girl and her mom was like, you need to demand, 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 demand money for your family, demand nail polish, demand things for yourself. You need to be able to ask and, and demand mom these things from And the mom actually pisses me off. 
Mom pisses me off a lot. So much. She's so just, she wants to have all of these things. Like, yeah, she's trying to think of like her family. Right. But at the same time, in her effort to like get out of poverty, she she legitimately sacrifices her own daughter. Yeah, she does. And she like... And for what? As an older woman, you can be more confident and you can, you know, demand, demand, demand. She's 15. But this girl is 15 years old. Her daughter's 15 years old. She's not prepared to do that. And I think her mother, like, wants so badly a better life for their family that she doesn't realize what she's doing. And I don't think that she... I think she thinks Juan's a really good man and doesn't realize the man that he is. I don't know how, because she saw Juan throw himself at 10-year-old. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. Different, don't, different time. She's like blind to, to the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But no, so she like is asking Anna to demand all these things. But when they get there, Juan is like, you can have Chef Boyardee. That's it. You don't get any money. Like you don't get to buy anything she extra. She meals at night. Yeah, every night. Every night. And so like she's just kind of treated like his slave. Not and necessarily a partner. Not necessarily a no. wife. I mean, you how know? can you be a partner at 15? You can't. He and he abuses her. He hits her. He hits her. He, he and he has an affair and like is having sex with another woman. And this woman is calling all the time because they're in love oh, with each other. Um, yeah, she calls and I, I, when Anna answers, she just sits there and breathes on the other line. Like how so disturbing creepy. is that? Like why don't you just hang up? Or if you're gonna say something, say something. <laughs> I think that's like Anna's like breaking point towards the end of the book is like she's finally fucking fed up for listening to Kari mm-hmm. Dad's fucking breathe. <laughs> okay, that's that's the that's the woman. Yeah. Kari Dad. Um, but let's talk about the fact that family is important to Juan and Anna. Obviously to Anna because the whole book is about sacrifice. Right. Yeah it is. She sacrificed her happiness, Ugh. her ver- honestly her, her youth. Ver- yeah. Her everything. Everything. Her innocence. Yeah. Her happiness, her her family. She sacrificed everything. Everything. Because that's what her mom wanted. Right. Which, I mean, I think she was forced into the sacrificial role. Right. But she was more of the sacrifice. Yes. (laughs) She's more of like the lamb. Right. Um, But family is also important to Juan. Yeah. Um, So I guess we should talk about that a little bit, even though we hate Juan. Yeah. So Juan and his brothers, like they all pretty much pile their money together, have a restaurant in San Domingo, and then... In New York, Cesar and Juan for a time lived together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we like Cesar for the most part. For the most part. And then, like, Hector is his other brother. And they all work together to make their lives better. Honestly, yeah. they do. And, I mean, they they are very hard workers. I will give them that. Like, yeah. Juan works really long hours. He has a side business. Right. You know, as you already said, selling suits. He works at the hotel and got up. Well, he got promoted because of Carrie Dad. Right. And now he works at the Raceway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is not with Carrie Dad anymore. No. Yeah. But all of them work extremely hard. Well, Cesar does somewhat. He's not. I asking. mean, he does. He just doesn't do what Juan wants him to do. Like, yeah. he does his, like, own um, working in factories for clothing makers. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what he wants to do. And Juan wants him to do other things with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they they do all of this just so their family can have a better life or what they seem what they see is a better life. Right. But, I mean... I mean, they're definitely living a better life than honest family in yeah, which the Dominican Republic. I just... I mean, the type of person. Yeah. Can we talk about Anna's dad? Yeah. He's not really that important of a role in the sense he's not really mentioned. Right. But why is it that he allowed this to happen? Because he I, he was protective of Anna at first, like in the first chapter. Right. So why do you think he allowed this to happen? Do you think it's just because of pressure from his wife or the pressure of like feeding his family? Because I think in the book they mentioned that they've had some really bad fruit years because I guess they have a fruit farm. And yeah. then they've had like a really bad couple of years. And so I think it's finally got to the point to where like he cannot support their family anymore. And he does want a better life for his family. And... He, I mean, he even tells Anna, like, I just want you to be happy. And Anna, you know, decides, like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this, like, for my family. And I think, I don't know that he necessarily, like, wants it, wants it, but I think he just, 
is in that place where like, if you can no longer take care of your family and you have another option and I just, it, it's hard to think, you I know, like how, because I don't have children. I don't, right? I don't have a chill. I don't have a children. I don't have a child. And I, you know, I, you and I have never been in the situation where we yeah. needed money or safety or, you know, a better life for anybody. And so yeah. I think they're just in this situation that we cannot Imagine. comprehend. And, um, he just finally, I don't know that he necessarily gives up, but I think he's finally giving into the fact that like he can't be their sole provider anymore and that he does want a better life for his children. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I need to remember that I'm coming from, I'm looking at this from the point of view of someone who is more privileged and this mm-hmm. is, I've had, I've never been starving. I've never, I don't know. Lived You've in that never kind of poverty. wanted for anything. Me neither. I'm not yes. trying to say you. Yes. <laughs> and it's hard for me because yeah. I'm coming from this point of view of just wanting to help this girl. Right. Like you just, you feel so bad for her the whole time and you don't understand, like yeah. you can't like possibly understand like why, but I think everybody in the book, and honest family is except for Teresa mm-hmm. is so blinded by the fact that they want to go to America and that they just want this better life. And Teresa, Teresa, I forgot you mentioned that. Yeah. She doesn't want honor to go. No, she she's tells like, why do you want to go with this gross old man? Yeah. She's, she's the only person who the whole book is like, why don't go just stay with us here. Don't do it. But she's a rebel. She is a, she is a rebel. She is like, she's not afraid. She's yeah. not afraid to rebel against her parents or, you know, go against the norm or what people and their society would do because she she is authentically herself in the fact that she just follows her heart mm-hmm. to where it leads. Yeah. And so, but Anna doesn't have that luxury or that personality. It's, it's crazy because all, like you, I think you mentioned this earlier, pretty much all the hopes and dreams of the family since Teresa is, I mean, you know, she's out, she gets knocked up. She gets knocked up by a mm-hmm. board, yeah. Yes. Who ends up being an abusive son of a bitch too? Yeah, <laughs> it seems Which, like that's a pattern with most men, and except for her dad, oh, that we've seen at least. Yeah, that we see exactly. Um, and so the mother's like, "Well, Teresa's out. Anna, you're it. You know, yeah. you're the only one. You're the only one. We're there. relying on you." But speaking of abuse, so Anna calls Juan my monster and my angel, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, talking about the domestic violence in the book. Right. Because the book is just full of it. But what do you, what do you think? So I think that, yes, it's all about domestic violence because she is afraid. I mean, he has, like you said, choked her out and he has abused her. He's hit her. Um, But at the same time, like he takes her and buys her clothes. He's the one bringing her family to America. He's the one that's providing for her while she's there. And even though maybe she can't leave the house and she doesn't have, you know, she can't do certain things. Yeah. He's still taking care of her and her family. And that, in that sense, I mean, like he's an angel in the sense that he doesn't let her die of starvation. Right. But when you're in that situation where somebody is hurting you and then they save you, you think that they're your angel. Um, but yeah, no. So I think domestic violence is just a really big theme throughout the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and even like when she goes when she figures out that she's pregnant and she goes to the doctor, they can see her bruising and they give her pamphlets like to, you know, go to a shelter and eventually one finds them and he's pissed that she would have them. And she goes and hides and curls up in a ball and covers her stomach. And he's like, what do you think I am? And she's like, are you, like, they give it to everybody. It's yeah. not just you. So let's kind of move on from Juan and Anna's relationship, which is clearly fucked, to Cesar and Anna. So Cesar and Anna meet whenever Anna first goes to New York, because at that time Cesar is living with Juan. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually they get into a fight about God knows what. And then when Juan leaves to go back to Santa Domingo to protect their assets, he asks Cesar to watch Anna mm. over those months. Yeah. And that's kind of when the romance well, begins. Even, even before then, like, I, you can tell, like, she, it doesn't, the book doesn't outright say it, but you can tell Anna's, like, attracted to Cesar. Right. Because he's younger. He's, like, 20 years old. And he's nice to her. He's nice to her. So he's, like, closer he in her age. He doesn't treat her like shit. Right. And he's, like, he so... 
they have the little side business of selling the suits, right? And he teaches her how to hem. Mm-hmm. So he's like, that way you can make your own money. So he's like taking care of her in a different way that Juan is and being her friend, mm-hmm. which is something that she needed, especially since her only friend, Maricela, like ends up fucking her over. Yeah. Um, which we can talk about that a little bit more mm-hmm. later. Um, but, but yeah, and then Cesar, like you said, they start their own like little side business. Um, because Anna's a good cook. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the World Fair, I think it is, right? Right. Well, first it starts with like Cesar being like, you should come sell these at uh, my work for lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and so they sell, like, yeah, they sell super quick. She sells them for 25 cents each, which she was like planning on 10 cents. But he was like, no, you can get 25 cents. So, which seems so cheap. I know Back it's in the then. 60s, though. I know. I know. <laughs> Who uh, knows? I don't know the translation of money, but that's a lot of money now, I guess. I don't know. It's probably like at least a couple dollars, maybe. Probably, right? yeah. I think um, that's how much it translates. Probably $100. I think that's the correct answer. So, <laughs> um, but no, so they start selling there, and then eventually Cesar gets the idea that they should go sell them at the World's Fair. Which is a good idea. Which is a good idea, but between then, like, their relationship is budding, like, he's taking care of her while she's, she's pregnant, pregnant. and, you know, he's the first person to actually find out she's pregnant before she even told Juan, because he took her to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, and so they already have this, like, rapport, they already have, you know, a relationship with each other, and then it kind of starts to become a little bit more romantic. Because, you know, he is taking care of her. She's taking care of him. Yeah. And it's more of a mutual relationship, I would say. I mean. No, it is. He and obviously enjoys spending time with her. Right. He appreciates her, too, mm-hmm. for everything that she does for him. And then she, I think it's it's kind of cute how she actually doesn't mind cooking for Cesar. Right. Like, she dreads she cooking for Juan, but she yeah. cooks She's for Cesar. And she eats with Cesar, which mm-hmm. she doesn't do with Juan. Well, Juan doesn't like Right. She has to eat her little Chef beef Boyardee. Boyardee. <laughs> I think yeah. that what Chef is for. Yeah, basically. No, and so, like, they end up, you know, eating dinner together every night, and then he takes her to the movies, and he takes her to the beach, and oh, he... Yeah, she's the first hot dog. Yeah, like, he takes Loved her on it. all these, like, adventures and takes care of her. Yeah. And so it's obvious that like he has feelings for her and that she's clearly after months of abuse going to create feelings Mm -hmm. for him too. And I mean, nothing happens until they go dancing, which is like three days before Juan comes home. They go dancing at the Audubon. Yeah. Which is a famous bar in New York city. Right. And Um, she's very pregnant at this point. She's yeah. She's like, what? Like seven months pregnant. Like very much showing. Um, And he's pretty much getting very handsy. They start making out and then they go back to the apartment and have sex. Well, yeah, she like runs away, freaks out first. Yeah. And then they go back to the apartment and he's like, I love you and I know you love me too. <sighs> Which I will say, like Cesar coming on to a married well, married in quotation marks woman it is does, one thing, but it's another thing when it's your freaking wife's or your husband yeah. your brother's like, wife. <laughs> so from a reader's standpoint, you you like Cesar because in the sense that he treats her like a human being. Right. Like crap. Exactly. Like a cracker. And then <laughs> no that's a phrase and then but you also are just like well he's shady because yeah he's like you know coming on to a married woman who is pregnant but she's not only married she's married to his brother right his big brother right he was he was very defensive of throughout the entire book right it's just weird the whole dynamic that the ruiz brother brothers plural have is very strange well it's super weird too because like uh cesar's like significantly younger than all of his brothers. Mm-hmm. I think Juan is like the different. second youngest. He's 32 and then everyone else is older than him. And so they all raised him. Mm-hmm. And so like you would think that he would have more of a respect for them, but he doesn't. And so yeah. they end up having um they end up having sex like multiple having days in a row there. and like you know right before Juan comes back Cesar is like let's run away together. And Anna wants to. She almost does. She almost does. And, and then, then <laughs> the drum roll. Uh-huh. Juan <laughs> breaks the news that he is bringing her mother and Lenny her. back. Yeah, and so that kind of changes everything well, for yeah. Anna. Yeah, because, because she can't leave. 
Because then what is he going to do to his her mother? Not going to bring him back. Or what are they going to do to her family? Or abandon. Yeah, or hurt the family. She knows what Juan is capable of. Right. She knows Juan is... Well, I mean, he's evil. Let's just say it. Yeah. He's... No, he is. <laughs> I don't think that's the first time we've said it. Um, but yeah, no, he's a jackass. So even when he comes back, though, when Juan comes back, like he takes, he's starting to be more gentle with Anna. He's starting to take more care of her. Not he's not about her. He cares about his progeny. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so. <laughs> Sorry, I rolled my eyes. I, I can't stand Juan. I know, I know, I know. I know. But like, uh, you know, so Anna breaks it off with Cesar and. Um, I mean, I think their relationship was super special for Anna, but I, yeah. I think, you know, it, it was just going to hurt her in the long run. Yeah. Um, especially since, like, the whole reason she went there was for her family. But I am happy that she found something or someone. I'm happy that she was able to experience what it felt like to be treated with respect. At least for a minute. <laughs> yes. I'm glad yeah. she knew that, oh, wait, you know, there are relationships where women aren't treated like crap. Right. And he was, like, supportive of her, you know, working. He was supportive of her and going he to her English her. classes. He protected her. Um, and, you know, it was it was a really sweet relationship while it lasted. But once Juan came back, everything changed, obviously, because her family was going to come. And I think reality kind of hit her. I think she like, that was her mini escape. Yeah. And then she realized, I can't do this. At the end of the day, she to choose family but and i i really want to talk about the ending but i think i think we, yeah. we, have, to, we have to rewind now yeah Ugh. go back a little bit because we need to talk about maricela maricela how do you say it? i said maricela i don't I know said if that's maricela. right i i imagine you're right maybe so before one leaves uh he tells her that once a week maricela is going to come by and pay 25 dollars which back then is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And so I guess she needed to borrow $100 in order to bring her sister from the Dominican Republic. And uh, so he loaned her the $100, telling, but made her trade in her wedding ring. Uh, and so once a week, Maricela would come by and be friends with Anna. And, you know, they would chit-chat. Anna would make her lunch and she would give her advice. And eventually she gave Anna a job, like, paying her like ten dollars to do mm -hmm. something and yeah um and then she put all the money she made in her little Dominicana doll. Right. And then at some week uh Maricela just she comes in and is like Anna my husband's coming home and I need my ring back because he doesn't know what I did and he'll be very mad at me. Yeah because Juan kept the ring in the safe as collateral. Right. And so on Anna knew everything all the codes to the safes and just in case something happened to Juan and she was like no I can't give it back to you and then Marisela's like uh I really need it like I you know pulling at Anna's heartstrings because she obviously can tell that Anna is a battered woman and mm -hmm. implies that basically her husband's going to hit her which maybe he does maybe he doesn't we don't know um so Anna gives in and gives her the ring and then the next she tells Anna I will come back and then the next week, she didn't show up. So Anna took $25 out of Dominicana doll. And then the next week, she didn't come back up. And so she took some money out of her Dominicana doll, but it wasn't enough. So then she took some money of wands and pretended like it was Maricela's. And then that ended up making Juan and Cesar getting into a fight before Juan went to back to the Dominican Republic. And... Um, it was just super, it was heartbreaking to read because you could tell that Anna, all she needed was a friend. And she felt like Maricela was like her sister and her mother and her friend all in one that she had in the United States. Yes. Because Maricela was a lot older too. Yeah, she was twice her age. And she was a mother. And so she was giving her advice about being pregnant. But then Anna and automatically assumes the worst. She thinks, oh my gosh, you know, something's happened to Maricela. And then. Right, because Anna just sees the best in her. And then eventually. She goes to Mara Sala's church, you know, looking for her to make sure she's okay. Yeah, she's, like, going out of her way to make sure this person is okay. And she's and upset so with she herself got, because she's, like, oh, I don't have her phone number. Friends have each other's I phone I mean, that also shows the naivete of Anna. Right. It's just so sad because, you know, like, she's 15 years old and all she wants to do is have, you know, somebody to trust and to be there for her because every time anybody in her family is writing to her, it's like, get this from one. When is this happening? Demand, demand, demand. Mm -hmm. And it's never, how are you? What's going on in your life? Like, you know, it's, it's never she anything like that. And she needs a friend. She needs somebody. And it's, 
heartbreaking because Maricela like clearly has issues of her own and doesn't care what happens to Anna. So then later down the road, uh, Maricela, I mean, Anna is out at the grocery store, right. I believe. And she sees Maricela entering an apartment building. You know, she follows her and then she knocks on the door and Maricela's little sister opens the door and then Maricela comes to the door and tells Anna to leave and never come back. I know. And that was like, that was had to have been really hard because Anna is over here with her whole heart loving and worried. And Maricela is like a fucking asshole. Yep. And yep. doesn't, you know, she, she swindled her and she doesn't care about what happens to yeah, her. She and, didn't care. Like, Oh, well, you know what? Anna may die now because she knows she sees the bruises. Right. She knows that, um, Anna gets abused. Right. And she doesn't care. No. When Juan comes back mm -hmm. and Cesar is already gone mm -hmm. and Cesar and Anna are in the middle of planning their escape. Escape. <laughs> escape. That never happened. Uh, yeah. And Marcella Spoiler. and her husband come to the apartment for dinner. To get suits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so they eat. I think Anna offers them food and coffee and water. Yeah. And so she's, Yeah. And then Marce Marcella ends up leaving, and I'm sorry, and then pays on her back. But forty, only forty dollars, not even the whole amount, because she owes her seventy five. Pays her forty dollars, and sorry. the only reason, like, that this event is also of significance is because that's whenever she finds out that Cesar is not the man that she thinks he is. Mm -hmm. so, so apparently. In Boston, which Cesar has made several trips to Boston throughout the book. Yeah. There's another woman there that has been begging Cesar to move there to be with her. And yeah, well, Cesar, you know, throughout the throughout the book, he's, he's a ladies up. man. He's like one, like he doesn't know how to control his his yeah. And so, like, you know, Juan brings up that there's somebody there waiting for him and that mm -hmm. he's with her at the time. And Anna kind of like spills her coffee and water all over Maricela, and Maricela like doesn't make a big deal. She's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So you can tell that like, she is remorseful in that moment. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it doesn't make up for the fact you can be remorseful. You can be sorry. And like honor can yeah. forgive. But at the same time, like that trust, that relationship is it's over. Yeah. yeah. And so she ends up leaving that $40, like you said, for Anna. Um, but the, I mean, again, that's not even the full amount of money. That's not even the full 75 that she owes her. And so it's clear that, like, at that point, you kind of see that Maricel is obviously in a tough situation as well. Because she's clearly, like, hoarding her money in order to save up and give it back to Anna. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think that relationship hurt the most for me. Because, as we already discussed, she kind of relied on that relationship as a sister, friend, and mother all combined because she made she had That's, no friends here yeah she didn't have Teresa and she didn't have a mother that made me cry honestly yeah yeah I teared up there and then I teared up at the end yeah Ugh. anyways you know if you haven't read the book you will understand what we're talking about when you read it so do you want to talk about um Yanni and his death and how that affects her yes we definitely need to talk about that so Yanni's <laughs> her brother <laughs> And Yanni yeah. is kind of like Teresa in the sense, he's, I thought so. Yeah. That he's uh, a rebel. A rebel, like doesn't, you know, do everything his mother says. Right. Like Teresa. And he starts having an, like a relationship with this, by relationship, like they, they do everything uh, with this girl. He, it's man, his second cousin and they lived together in the, um, in the same house. They all lived in the same house. And Anna's mother was, or their mother was like so over it that she ends up sending Juanita to the capital to go work for a mansion, like at a mansion or whatever. And um, they end up, you know, he- I mean, they continue the, the affair. Yeah, the, he Which, wants to be with her because he gets her pregnant. The second and, cousin aspect is really kind of, yeah. It's cringy. Cringy, I like yeah. that word. Uh, they ended up like you know getting together, and they, you know, he goes to visit her, or yeah, goes to visit Juanita in the capital and pick up stuff from Juan because when Juan is back in Santa Domingo, he has items that Anna sent back to her family, and so mm -hmm. he was going to get it to her. So he went to go visit Juan and Juanita, and um, he ends up getting shot and killed. Mm -hmm. in the capital and he dies. And so 
Anna, you know, finds this out from her mother. And, and then, I mean, obviously she's very upset. She's very upset. Juan is very supportive at the time. Um, and then, you know, Cesar, he ends up coming home and holding her and taking care of her and mm -hmm. helping her through it, you know, telling her like, why don't we talk about Yanni? Like, why don't we talk about, you know, what yeah. you would want him to say. But Anna's like scrounging through all the newspapers, trying to find something more about the war, but all of the newspapers are saying the war is over. All of the newspapers are, you know, if they say anything about the Dominican Republic, it's about, you know, how a bunch of Dominican um, people are playing baseball and they're doing so good. Or that, you know, mm -hmm. I think one of the major baseball players gets into a car accident and that's like the news. Yeah. And she's like, but I'm not seeing any news about people of my town dying. Um, and I think that's like something... Well, Big it's, now, it's her, the, it's her realizing that the, the she doesn't she doesn't matter to the world, and neither did right. her brother. Well, only, I think only people with fame of money, right? Famous people, they're like the only ones that matter to the world. Well, yeah, and that was kind of a lot for her, yeah, because it kind of I think maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, I think that it kind of made her feel even smaller. Yeah. Because of what she's going to, like, oh, the world doesn't care that I'm getting abused. The world wouldn't care that I'm... Right. I don't know. That anything is happening. No, I think so, too. And, like, I think it's a realization that even then and now, like, mm -hmm. in America, we only report on people that are rich and famous. We only report on things that are happy. Like, we don't, you know, there's all the time, what was it, like, a couple months ago, like, the Amazon forest was on fire, and we didn't know until three weeks in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody reported on it until way later. I think it's just, you know... Or, I mean, and people get murdered all the time in our cities, yeah. but it tends to be people uh, that are impoverished. Yeah, and or people so, of color, and mm -hmm. people and don't people care. And people don't report on it. And right. it's, it's heartbreaking. And it heartbreaking. I think that was Anna kind of realizing. People don't care about me. I thought it, I mean, I just think at that point in time, it was, like, very important to realize that, like, people of color, they are overlooked, and that they, you know, when bad things happen to them, you know, here in America or across, you know, the world, we don't pay enough attention to it and there's not enough coverage of it. Mm -hmm. And that may be a lack of, you know, reporters that may be just, you know, America yeah. being America. America and only caring about themselves and not yeah. caring about, you know, again, like she was saying, and Juan was even saying, they said the war is over, but it's still going on. People are still dying here. And the only thing that they're reporting for the Dominican is a Dominican man who gets into a car accident. Yeah. Like that's not, or, or a baseball player. It's yeah. not, we, we don't focus enough on what's actually happening. We focus on these like false and gods of people. Honestly. And the fact that she is probably 16 at this point, I think. Yeah. She 16. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> learning that kind of lesson at that young of an age is incredibly hard and by lesson like learning the truth of the world yes and i think i mean not, not only is she losing her brother she's learning how people really are in the world and right. how the bias everything i think that's hard for anybody to learn i do think people of color learn that earlier on mm -hmm. yeah. but i think in I the mean, 60s she's from the dominican republic right she, it's not the same there. No, it's not. Um, yeah. So that was just like a really hard, I think that was just like a really hard time in Anna's life. It's just like she got betrayed by Maricela. Her brother dies. Juan is gone. And even though, again. She's getting abused and raped. Right. She's getting abused and raped by Juan, but he's also the one taking care of her. She's mm -hmm. falling in love with Cesar. Like, he's clearly not only there for her. Because he's even going out at night after she goes to sleep. Yeah. And like, so Cesar. He goes out. Well, that's what I meant. Cesar is going out after she oh, goes to okay. sleep. And but then Juan's having, then Juan's having an affair. And then. Story with yeah. And so I think that's probably something that we should talk about because I think, like, throughout yeah. the book, you know, they do show Juan's side a little bit. Like, they do show oh, a, a no. Yeah. Or a letter that he's written. I think there is, like, maybe part of one chapter where it's his point of view. Mm -hmm. And he's writing this to Caridad. So I think, yeah, I think it's the first chapter. It's. Juan in New York, and he is trying to find a job at this hotel. Everybody said it's a guarantee that he's going to find a job there, and then, you know, the first day he doesn't. But he charms his way in, meets this woman, and they end up 
falling for each other, but Karina is married with children. And so they're having this affair. And then on top of that, his older brother is like, you need to marry Anna. So he ends up marrying Anna while he's in love with Caridad. And Caridad has a family and her husband's at war. So it's like this whole like... Caridad is also kind of a, you know, a piece of crap. Yeah. And well, yeah, exactly. Like her husband's at war. Like he's, you know, fighting for this country yeah. and she is, you know, I say that, but I don't know her story. Her husband could be abusive too. Right. And so I, mean, I shouldn't be so judgmental, but at the same time, <laughs> she knows that Juan is married. Right. And she's married. And so, and like, what are these people doing? What, Yeah, they're just two people who are in love who don't know what they're doing. And she clearly doesn't know the true side of Juan because if she did, maybe she wouldn't be in love with him. Mm-hmm. And so they end up, they're having this affair. And throughout the book, there's, like, multiple, like, letters that he's written to her um, about, you know, their love and how much he misses her and how much he wants to be with her. And then at the end, he breaks up with her when he kind of figures out that Anna is married via a note, via a note, (laughs) who does that? Like that just makes him even shittier. Like you have been in a relationship with this woman, whether or not it's an affair, it's still a relationship that you've been in a relationship with this fucking woman and you're going to fucking break up with her via a fucking letter. The way he breaks up with her in the letter is he's telling her, I love you. I'll miss you more than I ever know love blinded me yeah blah 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 like what kind of breakup is that like do it in person (laughs) well even in the letter like when you write it like that it's like i'm conflicted Uh, obviously (laughs) this girl this carrie dad character is obviously unstable because she constantly calls his apartment and breathes even when she knows juan isn't there like it's in the middle of the day call with breathing like <laughs> like what the heck? Yeah, like yeah, sorry, leader. That was leader. Sorry, listeners. That was that's their new names. They're leaders. <laughs> yeah, they're leaders. Your listeners and readers. Opposite pages. Opposite. Okay, okay. I got what I was going yeah, for. Anyways, um, so no, but. <laughs> So, so we're having this like unstable woman. So obviously, if you write a letter saying, I love you more than you know, you're I miss your smell, I miss your touch, blah blah blah. He actually says that in the letter, like But I'm gonna be with my wife. Bye. Like that's not gonna go over well. No, obviously she's gonna want closure. She's a woman. women need closure. Right. Well, most women, not all. I can't look all. And so, like, here's the thing though, is like I don't I can't tell if he wrote that letter in when he was back in New York or if he wrote it when he was in Santa Domingo because he goes and sees her when he gets back from Santa Domingo. The first fucking night he goes and sees her. So I can't tell if he just fucked her one last time and then was like, bye, I'm going to write this letter to you. Or if he wrote it and like that, he went and talked to her. Like you don't see that side, but he does go and see her. Um, And then finally like, okay, so then Boom, boom, boom. We're at the end of the book now. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we've spoiled 100% of it. No, but 99.9. Uh, 99.9. But if you don't want to hear the very, very ending, don't listen. Yes. So basically, at that point, Juan and Anna are like trying to make this work because Anna, you know, clearly just rejected Cesar. And for a point, because his, her mother's coming to. Right. Like Cesar. for her family. Another sacrifice she's making for her family. And then, you yeah, know. Yeah, because. She's kind of, I think she's kind of concerned. Cesar is not, as you said, he says he is. Right. Yeah. He's probably going to be cheating on her too. And so then Juan and is trying to make it work with Anna. And so one day Anna just, you know, goes into labor because she's super pregnant and stuff. And <laughs> no way. She goes into labor. Crazy. It happens. So she goes into labor. Her mom is already there. So her mom and her go to the hospital. And then Juan's like, I have to go to work. And Anna's mom and Juan like argue. Anyways, he ends up going to work. She has the baby. He comes and sees the baby. And she's in the hospital for like one night. Then they go home. And Juan has the fucking audacity. I've said that. To advise the whole freaking pretty much yeah like their families their friends like their suit clients like all these people she just had a hard labor she like had like a third degree tear or whatever and so she's literally there and she's the host yeah she's hosting them and her mom's helping i'm so sorry listeners (laughs) volume down um but like her mom is like helping but she like you know is a first-time mother trying to like feed this baby trying to take care of all these people trying to be you know 
a good host, a good wife, a good mother. And then like, she's having this like mental breakdown basically because the baby will not latch. And then, you know, Hector's wife helps her and eventually Kari Dad. She's like 16. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah, she's exactly. Like, she's still 16, has a baby. Oh my God. Yeah. Gosh. And so then Kari Dad like calls like a couple times and she finally is like, Kari Dad, like be a fucking person. Talk to me. She starts screaming over the phone at Kari Dad and her mom is like, you're embarrassing us. And then finally she, I mean, she like screams at Juan. Because Kari Dad is below on the street. She's outside. She <laughs> came to the freaking apartment. Yeah. Oh my God, with all these families. So finally, obviously, Anna reaches her breaking point. Right. She honest okay, I don't know how she hadn't reached her breaking point before then. Because she has no. gone through hell and it back. had to have been all the hormones. She honestly. has gone through hell and back. Because she's very strong. Yeah. Person. And I mean, even though I think her breakup is a breakup. I think her like mental breakdown is strong. I think that's finally her standing up, up for herself. herself. Yeah. And then finally the mother Anna's mother finally sees what kind of person Juan is because so, he starts shaking her. Right. And then all of her, like, <sighs> all of her stitches come out. She starts bleeding. And then at the same time, her Dominican doll breaks during this scene, which is, like, again, another representation that, yes. of Anna, like, just completely, like, uh, Anna she, and how she, she was. She finally has a voice. Right. And so she, like, breaks down, has a voice, and, like, he is yelling at her, upset with her. And so Anna's mom has to take her to the hospital. And Juan is like more worried about cutting it out outside than his actual wife. And this like drives Juan. me nuts. It's like, you got this person you pregnant. Like, yeah, so he's just a piece of shit. We hate him. That's all. Um, and so at that point, like, I think that's, you know, the tipping point in her life hopefully because it kind of ends there, but like Anna and her mom, like, you know, make amends because Anna's mom like realizes, Oh fuck, this is what I put you through. And then, you know, it's, you know, the second end of the book is basically them living there trying to save money so that they can move out and get away from the Reese brothers. But like, it's just, it's so long story short, the whole book, the whole entire book is as, as the author wanted is about, Showing what what immigrants went through right. to get a better life, what they went through, which is just sacrifice, right? And I think, the which I think people do still today, especially with what's going on yeah. in today's political yeah. climate, like to come to this country, like well, you're putting yourself through even more. She literally was to help. She was living with a man who raped her, right? Let's call it what it is. Yeah, and uh, abused her. Mm-hmm. Pretty much kind of starved her. I mean, he gave her Chef Borodie, but that's it. That's it, yeah. I mean, and I don't think she, she wasn't really, okay, not starved, but uh, malnourished. Yeah. Um, For a she, pregnant woman she, eating beefaroni every day? How about no? Yeah, and she had, you know, she, she didn't have freedom to go to learn. She wasn't allowed to leave the was, house. Oh, God. It was just like this complete and total crazy no, situation. I think is so freaking important to read, but this this book was really heartbreaking. But it, I mean, it was a good story. Yeah. And the author, I would love to speak with the author. <sighs> Me too. Uh, but I've listened to say, like some of her interviews, and she just is amazing. Yeah. We love you. Right. So, but like, she actually has already had a book that's out. It's called Soledad, and they're turning mm-hmm. that into a movie. And then she has another book that's coming out that she's writing now that's called Finding Caridad and I'm wondering if it has anything to do with this same story we'll if it's just it a similar name or we'll have to read it and find out definitely yeah so what was your overall opinion of the book I loved it so it's like a historical fiction but also a literary fiction my favorite type of book is historical fiction um I I mean I really liked it I liked you know I like the aspects where it like connects to the civil war it connects you know it makes a point to talk about how, you know, she lives across the street from where Malcolm X gets killed. She's there where Malcolm mm-hmm. X gets killed, has no idea who she, he is. Yeah, Malcolm X um, is killed at the Audemars Ballroom. Ballroom. Right, yeah, he where gets she shot. Ends up having, yeah. Where she ends up, yeah, whenever her and Cesar ends up first getting together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that the book was super well-rounded in what actually happened in history and to make me think about my life choices and me think about, you know, what's going on today in today's political climate and how it's, you know, 
just getting worse. (laughs) We need to make a change. And so I think for me, it was really big and important book to read. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I would give it a five out of five. (laughs) No, I, we have a rating. I mean, mean, the same for me, it was such a good book. It is a more challenge because on the book, this was a book of the month club book. And then also good morning America. (laughs) Chose it for their book club. It is a harder read because they do not use quotation marks for conversations. So just keep that in mind when you read it. It's not one of those books that you can sit down. It's not an easy read, but it's a good read. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. But no, definitely recommend this. And we hope that this conversation has been informative and interesting for you all. Yeah. I would also say that if you have the chance to listen to the audiobook, Mm -hmm. um, it's a good audiobook. Uh, I I read it and then I listened to the audiobook. Because I read it a long time ago. And so, tell them when you found the audiobook. Because some people may not want to pay for Audible. Right. And so, um, this is not enough. No, so, I. Never. You just uh, fully support them. Yeah. So, it was audiobooks.com. Um, and then, when you download it, the app, uh, you know, there's a couple different promos online. And the one that I got is my first two books were for free. Um, and then, after that, it's like $14.95. And I think you get two books a month. And so I got this book, uh, Dominicana by Angie Cruz. And then I also chose The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited to listen to that one. Um, but yeah, no. So it's a really cool app that I just started to use. And again, um, not an odd. But anyways, that was our discussion at Dominicana. Yeah, thank you so much. Be sure to listen to our upcoming episodes discussing Royal Holiday by Jasmine Guillory featuring our friend Monique, which premieres on December 24th, and Work Party by Jacqueline Johnson, which premieres on January 7th, 2020. Send us any questions or book ideas to sincerelypod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at sincerelysvpod. Sincerely, Sydney. And Beth.